0: Hey everyone, how are we doing here? We're back again for episode 5. I'm here with Ange.
1: How are you doing? I'm wonderful and I'm excited for episode 5.
0: Me as well. It's a little rainy outside, so I guess we get to take some refugee in the house and um, film a nice podcast. So, um, I just wanted to ask you, Ange, how are you, um, how are you doing? I know you're a big basketball guy. That's not really going on much now. Trade deadline is, uh, the whole off-season is kind of coming to, um, Kind of a little bit of a halt, right? A lot of the big pieces already made their moves, mm-hmm. and um, just how are you? Um, how do you interpret
1: what has been on? What what has been going on during the off season, and what is the biggest move in your opinion? Um, this off season's been um, pretty crazy, not crazier than last season. I feel like that's the greatest, one of the greatest off seasons of all time. But I think you have to say LeBron's move to the Lakers was the biggest because it's LeBron James. He's the the best player in the NBA right now, and so. His signing to the Lakers, probably the best, the biggest thing. Kawhi Leonard trade, which we'll be talking about, that was a big one. Or even DeMarcus Cousins going to the Warriors, that's a very big one as well. Absolutely.
0: So. Today we're going to do, there's been a lot of trades, a lot of pieces that have fallen in um, either basketball and baseball. Today we're going to do a lot of trade reactions. We're going to be looking at the trades, analyzing the trades, and then we're going to give our reactions to them. And then we're going to really compare to see how much better does this make the team, and can they compete now with the pieces that they acquired. So, Anj, I think we should um, throw it over to you, and uh, let's
1: start with some basketball. So, Kawhi Leonard, after his long saga with this whole drama with the Spurs, has finally been traded to the Toronto Raptors. Him and Danny Green dealt to the Raptors for DeMar DeRozan, Jakob Jacoperto, and a top-20 protected 2019 first-round pick. The Raptors, as we talked about, were betting favorites in our last podcast and ended up landing Kawhi Leonard. Ethan, what is your immediate reaction to this trade? I
0: just, I I look at it on paper and I see that it completely does not make any sense, in my opinion, for the Toronto Raptors. They had DeMar DeRozan last season who performed at a very high level. And in my opinion, he is the only reason why they're at the top of the East. And now you look at it, they trade him away with very little, like, Warning! I had no idea. Maybe they had some communications um, inside the whole clubhouse and mm-hmm. inside the um, the locker room, but I, I did not see this coming. And, frankly, I think that made them worse, getting Kawhi Leonard for um, DeMar DeRozan. I do like Danny Green going over there. That will help them. That will give a little more stability to their lineup. But, in my
1: opinion, it doesn't make up for um, DeMar DeRozan leaving. I think Kawhi Leonard is a better player than DeMar DeRozan. Even though Kawhi Leonard didn't play this season, he's a just a a Generally, better player. I think this is this reminds me of the Paul George situation of last year. He was wanted out of Indiana, so he got traded to the Thunder. The Thunder took the big risk and got him. He, there are many people who are saying this is stupid because he was gonna sign with the Lakers, but now look at that. He just signed a four year contract to stay in Oklahoma City. I think the Raptors are trying to go for a Thunder approach, just keeping that. So I think this is a great move for the Raptors, but I think this is an even better move for the Spurs, getting DeMar DeRozan, Pirtle, I think, who's a young player, and a, and a pick. So this is going to be a good trade, I think, for both teams. If the Raptors can win the East, which is quite possible in this very, very weak Eastern Conference, yeah. I think Quai Leonard will stay. If not, then I think he's going to go to L.A.
0: I personally think it is a... So Quai Leonard, would injured last year, he refused to play. That whole kind of yeah. persona around him... Was one that would deter a lot of teams. If I was the GM, I don't think I'd be going for Kawhi Leonard immediately based on what happened last year. I think he needs to prove himself again. Because right now, I'm not looking at him as an MVP candidate. I'm not looking at him as someone who is probably one of the top five players in our game. I'm looking at someone who had a downfall season last year. It was a spiral. It was horrible. Injured and the the whole problem circulating around him. I'm looking at him to rebound. And... You're trading someone like DeMar DeRozan for a player who has to rebound and come back from injury like
1: this. I don't know how it's going to work. I think it's too risky for the Raptors. I, 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 don't I like think it. the Raptors just needed to take this risk because the Raptors have just been in such a place for the last like five years where they made it to maybe the second round or even the conference finals like they did one year and just lose. So I think they just needed—they were thinking that, all right, we can't just keep staying in this place of mediocrity. We have to take this risk and go for Kawhi Leonard. And if it doesn't work out, then we have to rebuild.
0: So, so I, now, with this new with this new acquisition, bringing in Green, bringing in Leonard, does this make them better than the Celtics?
1: No, but I feel like Kawhi Leonard can do something with these Raptors. And if the Raptors are able to do something, I think that Kawhi Leonard will stay. And if Kawhi Leonard sees that there's a future in Toronto, he'll stay. When the trade first happened, he wasn't too excited about it, nor was DeRozan. DeRozan thought he was kind of backstabbed by Toronto. He personally thought, he said he was not too thrilled to play in Toronto, or there was a report that he wasn't too thrilled, but then he was warming up to the idea. So I think this is a good trade for both teams, more so for the Spurs. Let's go to the Spurs side, actually. We've been talking more about the Raptors. Let's go to the Spurs. What do you see in this trade for the Spurs? I think
0: the Spurs hit it out of the ballpark, and I'm not trying to confuse my two sports, but um, they, they hit a home run here, Yeah. getting DeMar DeRozan, because honestly Kawhi Leonard did not want to play for them, and that was evident based on his reaction and based on what he said, and pretty much, so it's kind of like a Carmelo Anthony situation, he did not want to stay in OKC, and that's, that was evident. Kawhi Leonard did not want to stay with the Spurs, so pretty much, you had to deal him somewhere. Mm-hmm. And to deal in and bring in Demar Derozan, that is a huge it upside for It the keeps them Spurs. in the playoffs. I think it keeps them in the playoffs
1: in the West. I think it makes them better.
0: I think it makes them better, and I think they can move up in the rankings. They made in the, the seventh
1: seed without Kawhi Leonard last season. Imagine, imagine adding a player like Demar Derozan. You're gonna move up. I think they're gonna be a solid six. They're gonna be solid a solid six. Yeah, I think they're gonna be in the middle of yeah. the pack somewhere. I agree. Moving on, we're going to talk about some farewells and welcomes. Drake, the global ambassador for the Toronto Raptors, bid goodbye to DeRozan in this heartfelt long little thing. Here it is. To my brother DeMar DeRozan, I want to say to 10 million thank yous on behalf of our si- of your city. You are a fixture in Toronto forever, and you gave everything you had. You had, through leadership, we had the most exciting years in franchise history. I am grateful to have witnessed your combination of skill, persistence, and loyalty for the same seats every night. Thank you for being an incredible captain and an even better friend. What do you think about Drake's farewell? And then we'll go to his welcome to Kawhi Leonard.
0: I like it. I think it was extremely heartfelt. And I think he did a very good job. And that's a very classy thing to do is, um, to say, a very um, personalized and um, very sweet um, farewell to DeMar DeRozan, who really left it on the court there in Toronto. He was um, drafted by Toronto and played um, the majority. Well, he played the, all of his career so far in a Toronto Raptors uniform, and I think that it has a lot of meaning behind it. Drake is is the ambassador for Toronto. They've been starting to do this more often. They're starting to bring these big-name ambassadors in. I know Aaron Rodgers is the ambassador um, to the Milwaukee Bucks. And I, I do like this. Um, Drake, who regardless of his music, regardless of his political views, when you look at him, he put that all aside, right? And mm-hmm. I'm not looking at that now. I'm looking at a nice guy doing a nice thing for someone who meant so much to the Raptors. So I think that was a very good job, and I want to start seeing that more often in sports.
1: And here is his welcome to Kawhi Leonard. To Kawhi, we look forward to, a, to a, this new chapter, and we welcome you to the most intense and supportive city in NBA basketball. You've always been a poised clinical warrior. I can't wait to see how Toronto inspires you to fight. Let's go Raptors. What do you see in this one?
0: I I think it's short. I think it's content. I think it's um. I think it's right to the point. Yep. I think it's uh, perfect. I think it's just perfectly said, and it's a great welcoming. It's opening the door to new opportunities for Kauai, and it's like it's like when you move into a new neighborhood, you're getting a fruit basket, and this is this is exactly what
1: it is. It's a welcoming gift for Kauai. Land. Here is Demar Derozan's farewell to the city of Toronto. Words could never express what you've meant to me. I was just a 19-year-old kid from Compton when we first met. But you took me in and embraced me as one of your own. I am so grateful for the love and passion that you've given me over the past nine years. All I ever wanted to do was duplicate it ten times over just to show my appreciation. Thank you, Toronto. Thank you, Canada. Hashtag Compton. Hashtag Proofem. What do you think about that?
0: I like it. I think it's very personalized. He's bringing his own kind of... He's bringing what he was going through in his atmosphere during this whole process, and he's bringing it to the eyes of the, of the public. Going back to when he was 19 years old and his youth, and um, he just is showing how grateful he was to the Raptors organization for bringing him in and to all the fans who supported him along the way. I, I, I like that. Toronto loved, it was very good.
1: Well Toronto written. loved DeRozan, and I think DeRozan loved Toronto equally back, I'm sure. DeRozan didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming. I don't even think Toronto saw this coming. This was kind of out of the blue. When they came up as betting favorites, I just thought, whatever, it's gonna, this isn't going to go anywhere. But now it happened. I think DeRozan, I think he's probably thinking about how much he's given Toronto. He's, an, he's the all-time leading scorer in Toronto. He's probably the greatest player in that franchise's history. So to see him go, I'm sure if you're a Raptors fan, you're sad. But you're also thinking this gamble that you guys took for Kawhi Leonard. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. So... For both of them, hopefully, wherever their careers take them, it would be great. Yeah, absolutely. Going to a little bit of smaller news, Marcus Smart signed a four-year, $52 million deal with the Boston Celtics. What do you like about this, and what do you not like?
0: I think this is a very smart move that, that they signed Smart to a, a four-year, $52 million extension. Marcus Smart, I think, is part of the core in that franchise, and he's a, he's a stabilizer who um, adds good defense And um, a sneaky sneaky offense there that could be kind of supporting to the cast, such as Tatum and Brown, who are young and still developing. I think Marcus Smart's definitely he's known for his defense. And that defense might take a little bit of the pressure off of players who are more offensively minded, who can then focus more on scoring the basketball. The Celtics were great defensively last year. You look at the metrics there. They did not allow very many points. Their problem they had to score. We need more mm-hmm. scoring there. And maybe Marcus Smart being there for a longer period of time keeps doing his extent his wonderful defense. Can allow other people to focus more on scoring. So I I like that move for the um the Celtics. I think it's also a smart move for Smart. He's it allows him then to have a sense of sta- stability. Yeah. He's gonna be there for four years. I don't think they're gonna trade him at least not soon, and I, I, I like this move. I think it's Marcus good. Smart was on the
1: trade block last season for the Celtics. I think that he's a great piece. He has kind of an attitude problem, but that's something that I think a lot of players have, but you can deal with it. I like this move for the Celtics a lot because it brings in Smart's defensive presence, like you said, and he can play offense. I think he's definitely one of the improving players in this league, and I think he's going to do great things for the Celtics, and I think the Celtics have a good chance to win the East. I agree. I think it's going to be them and the Raptors fighting at the top. Yeah, I, I I agree. Going to a trade, the Thunder trade Carmelo Anthony to the Hawks for Dennis Schroder and Mike Muscala. Then the Thunder flip Muscala for Timothy Luawu cabaret of the Seventy Sixers, and the Seventy Sixers then sent over Justin Anderson to the Hawks. Don't worry about the Seventy ers because I don't think this trade really meant much for them. What do you see in the Thunder and the Hawks in this trade? At least I'm looking at it. You have Dennis Schroeder from the Hawks. Obviously, he did not want to play
0: there. He did not want to go through a full-out rebuild. I didn't
1: think the direction that the Hawks were going even was towards. They just signed Jeremy Lin. They just drafted Trey Young. I think all the signs are saying that Schroeder's out. So, one way or another, they got Trey Young. They got Jeremy Lin. So, I think Schroeder going out, I think... It's a good move for the Hawks, but I don't know what this trade really did. They're going to buy out Carmelo Anthony's contract. Which I don't, I don't understand. I think they should have done something
0: just like the Spurs did. Obviously, Kawhi did not want to play there. Schroeder did not want to play with the Hawks. They got to bang for their buck for yeah. it. They brought in DeRozan. Okay, they bring in Carmelo. Then they buy him out. We know probably Carmelo's going to go then to the Rockets. He did say so that. So, what really are the Hawks getting? Nada. Zilch. They got nothing. They got, I mean, they got Justin Anderson, but I don't even know who that is. Okay, so it so pretty much if if I take (laughs) out all the other complications, they got Schroeder for Anderson, plus they paid a ton of money to buy out Carmelo. Yeah. Does that make any sense? I don't think this move is good. I don't think they got even enough value for Schroeder that they could have. Even if they kept Carmelo, I think they needed more value for Schroeder. And I, I just think this is a
1: complete swing and a mess for it, Atlanta. It didn't make sense to me in any way. I just, I thought, I looked at this trade and I thought, oh, maybe that they're going to keep Mello. But then I read that they're going to buy him out. Just didn't make any sense to me. And let's talk about Mello saying that most likely he will sign with the Houston Rockets. We've definitely, we've talked about this on this um show. We have. So we're not going to go, we're not going to go too much into it, but I like that. I like if he goes to the Rockets. It uh, makes sense. It makes it's, perfect sense. It's the 100th
0: piece to a 100th piece, piece puzzle. Yeah. If he fits in like a, piece, a puzzle piece, it makes sense. He's an ISO player. He's a player that um, can shoot the ball. That's what they like. That's their formula mm-hmm. in Houston. He can rebound, and he's coming off of a, a little bit of a disappointing season with Paul George and Russell Westbrook in OKC. So I think this is another way for him – to then prove that he is still, what he thinks in his mind, that he's one of the top-tier players in the, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think this is good. He's going to compete against these guys. You know the Rockets are going to be seeing the thunder right. in, their, in the division and probably in the playoffs. So maybe he can prove it to them that, hey, you know what? I am still a good player, and
1: maybe with this new environment, I, I can thrive more than I did with you. So I like this move for Carmelo. Moving on to a signing. The Lakers have been making a lot of signings recently. I mean, they signed LeBron James, Rajon Rondo, Lance Stevenson, and JaVale McGee. They now welcome in former New York Knicks player Michael Beasley on a one-year, $3.5 million deal. What what what? Are your what do you have to say about? I that? I I like Mike. I I
0: played actually. I was in fantasy basketball last year with just some buddies of mine. And um, when I when I got when there my, some of my players got injured or some just uh, didn't play for a extended period of time. Michael Beasley was one of the guys at the top of the free agent list in which you pick up because he was performing at such a high level for the Knicks. And I know that that just fantasy, but that tells you that this guy's doing something good if he's rating in the higher echelon of that um in the whole process and I do like how Michael Beasley plays he's kind of an old-time player he can bring it into the post he is successful in the post I think he's like 6'10 or 6'9 or something he has some height to him has some brute strength but he can also extend his game and shoot the basketball this is a great sign for the Lakers and I think it just adds more depth to that lineup but I do think still the Lakers need shooting
1: yeah. LeBron James, not really known for his shooting, Rondo. He hasn't proved his shooting, though. You have to admit, he was had probably his best like three-point shooting year in his career last season with Cleveland. Absolutely. So but he can definitely shoot the ball.
0: He can shoot the ball, yeah. but I don't have confidence, utter confidence, if he's going to shoot the ball from three. I just He hasn't really proved it to me yet. Right. Mid-range, that's fine. I like that. Inside game's good. Just the three-point game, I think, needs to be built upon... But um, they, they need shooters. Like I was saying, Rondo not a shooter. Beasley not the best three point shooter. They need LeBron the Stevenson. They need to bring in people kind of like a Redick or a Korver, yeah. who can you can put in there for expend for a maybe a short period of time to get you that
1: three pointer going. So right. I I don't understand the trade, but I like it. I like the player. That, We're gonna that play. Player. Okay, I I'm really confused with the Lakers signings. I didn't get the Lance Stevenson signing, or the JaVale, I mean the Javale McGee signing. I got. I didn't get this signing either, because I, I don't know what the Lakers are doing. They need to go after, I feel like, better players than Lance Stevenson, who has an attitude problem and is kind of a low IQ player. JaVale McGee has a, low, has a low basketball IQ. I think we've all seen it. And Beasley's a bust. He was drafted with a high pick. And has not shown what he could do. Last year, he he performed at a a high level, a lot better. But he's just not. I don't get these signings for the Lakers, and the Lakers are trying to do something with LeBron. They got to sign bigger pieces, and I just don't get any of their signings except Rondo and McGee. Stevenson did not make sense to me.
0: I think Stevenson's such a small, minuscule piece that really, in the whole, in the whole um, organization as a whole, with the Lakers it's not really going to make much of a difference, right? He's not going to be a player who's going to revitalize the Lakers, you know what I'm saying? But players like Rondo, McGee, and LeBron, these are players that as a whole collectively can reshape this organization. I think the Lakers need to be starting to go for pieces mm-hmm. that make sense. Not You can't just buy everything that you see, okay? We're not at a junkyard shop in which we're just going to buy everything from a garage sale, okay? That's not what we're doing, we're not buying every single piece. Oh, Beasley, yep, you, okay. You come on over to Stevens, Stevenson, and you know, it's like, we can't play this game. Yeah. These pieces don't make
1: sense. They don't fit together at all, right? Yeah, I mean, if the Lakers sign McGee, I mean, like, at that point, why don't you just sign back Lopez, but they didn't decided that, let's just let him go. I didn't get that at all. So, I don't know, the Lakers, they're probably going to make the playoffs because they have LeBron James, but... Don't know what they're really doing. I think they're waiting for next summer to try to get Kawhi Leonard. I think that's what their goal is. And who knows with Kawhi yeah. Leonard? He's so unpredictable. Yeah. Dwayne Wade, we all know Dwayne Wade. I think anybody when they hear the name they think of. Who's the... Dwayne Wade? <laughs> I'm
0: I'm kidding. This guy is he has such a career yep. He is a potentially a Hall of Fame player if you look I at. I think it, he is a Hall of Fame player. Yeah, when you break it down and look yeah. at the statistics, he's a Hall of Fame player in my
1: eyes. One of the best shooting guards of all time.
0: Absolutely. Probably I I
1: would put him in third, behind um Jordan and Kobe. Okay, well that's, that that's a bold prediction there, but we can. Third. So Dwayne Wade is not committed to play basketball next season. He I think I believe he's a free agent. And he has not he has not committed to play next season. If Dwayne Wade retires, what do you remember most? What would you remember most about Dwayne Wade? Is there a specific moment or a specific like thing that you remember?
0: Absolutely, he was on the Heat. Mm-hmm. Had great success with the Heat, and he really built his name there in Miami. He went to the Cavaliers, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And he struggled. He did not play up to his name on the back of his jersey at all. And player, people and the fans and probably his counterparts and his teammates were all like, this is Dwayne Wade. What's going on? And you know what he does? He goes back to Miami. And he leads and he, them to the playoffs. And he led them to a playoff spot. That is what I'll remember from Dwayne Wade. And I think
1: that's what a lot of people are going to remember from We're a little younger, so we can't remember the 2006 finals. But I've definitely seen a lot of videos and stuff and how he led a Miami Heat team with a kind of a broken-down Shaquille O'Neal and a lot of older players like Gary Payton, Jason Williams, and Antoine Walker, a lot of just older players, he led them being in his third season out of the league and won an NBA title, which is, I feel like if I was around or if I was old enough to remember, that would have been probably the one of the greatest things to watch, kind of a team that no one expected to win.
0: Yeah, I think that's really special if you can add one piece that can just lead someone... Or make everyone else better. Right? You know like when you're cooking, you're making uh you're making a dish and let's just say you add you add a little bit of salt to it, right? You add some seasoning. That salt boosts up the flavor of everything else in that dish, right? Then you start tasting the hints from the herbs and you start kinda those vegetables kinda start singing to you, right? I know it's something so little as seasoning,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: But when you're cooking, seasoning can just amp up the flavors of every single thing that that you're eating. So I I know it's comparing Dwayne Wade to salt, right? It's yeah. kind of a really distant relationship, but at the end of the day in cooking or in basketball, you need that thing that will make all the flavors sing. And that's what Dwayne Wade
1: did. Well, Dwayne Wade, so this is kind of a report that's a bit recent. A Chinese team, I uh, sorry if I pronounce this wrong, the Xinjiang Flying Tigers. Are prepared to offer Dwayne Wade a monster contract. That is all it says. They there's no money or anything else, but a Chinese team is prepared to offer him a contract. Do you think Dwayne Wade will stay in the NBA or go to China? But, I mean, money talks, Ethan. This is going to be a big contract, and I don't think any NBA team is willing to pay Dwayne Wade a lot of money. You
0: know, I I either think it's going to be NBA or bust. Okay, right. I mean, I think it's kind of like you're wearing it on your chest, right? It's like. I played in the NBA my whole career. Yeah. If I'm not going to get a good deal or a good opportunity in the NBA, maybe it's time to call it quits. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's his time just to hang up the shoes on the shelf and look at all his accolades and awards and just say. Finals MVP. And just say, hey, I had a great career. Why do I have to drag everything and go to China to prove it? Right. I've already had
1: a great career, okay? That's what I think he should do. Just... I mean, Stephon Marbury, you know who Stephon Marbury is, right? You've heard mm-hmm. the name. He went to he had a kind of a I'd say subpar NBA career. He had a I guess a pretty decent NBA career for a guy. He went to China and now if he, if you go to China, he is a CBL Hall of Famer. He's a Chinese League basketball, Chinese League Hall of Famer. Yeah. There is a statue outside of where what team he played for of him. And that's Absolutely, but that's kind of, in my opinion, with, for Marbury, that's
0: what he wanted, right? Every player goes in the league and they want to be getting in the Hall of Fame and signing the contracts and see those little children out there holding up a basketball and asking you to sign and put your name on it, right? That's what every player wants. They want to hear the crowd cheering their name and their number, chanting MVP. That's just every player's dream. I've never met any player that wanted to be in the league and not have utter success, Dwayne Wade's already had that success. He didn't. Okay, so he went to China to prove himself, and look what he did. He made a huge name for himself. Yeah. But Dwayne Wade doesn't need that. He already proved himself. He already has those accolades. He already has those children that want his signature. and So, in my opinion, he doesn't need to um, chase anything more. He already has what he wants. Well, that's all it is for basketball. That was a lot of news, right? That was. That was good news, great reaction. I enjoyed that. I think it allows people listening to just um, kind of not just understand the trade, but understand kind of um the whole premise of the trade yeah. and understand how this makes teams better, how it makes teams worse and just what the overall um, effect is from these. So I think that was a great um whole basketball segment. I like that one a lot. All
1: right, let's just go to baseball
0: then. I agree. So today we're kind of having a little bit of a more closed session, a little bit of a more focused show, yeah. just doing basketball and baseball. So this is a very focused episode, yeah. and we're just going to dive into all the nooks and crannies and the details. So the first thing I want to bring up is a huge trade that went on. Yeah. Machado, Manny Machado goes to the Dodgers – for five prospects. How
1: do you think this makes the Dodgers... How much better are the Dodgers now with Machado? They're a lot better. I didn't see him going to the Dodgers. I think we talked about it. They have Corey Seager, don't they? He's out for this season, but next season he'll be back. So it's. I don't think the Dodgers are really worried right now about that. Exactly. But... I think they're just kind of... Let's win. I think last year, after the losing to the Astros in the World Series, they're really itching to get back. Yeah, they were one game away. They were one game away from winning the World Series, but I think they're just itching to get back there and just just being champions of the World Series. They haven't won, I don't know in how long. It's been a while, right? Uh, The Dodgers, I think, last year they fell
0: just short of the Astros in the World Series, but I truthfully, just looking at the Dodgers team, they don't look as good to me as they did last year. They just, um like Clayton Kershaw has been on and off. He's been in or out. Um, Kenley Jansen hasn't been as sharp as he was last year. Corey Seager's out. So they don't look as good to me as they did last year. But they are first in the division one and a half games above the Diamondbacks. So let's see what they can do. And the Machado move was
1: definitely proving that they want to make a run for it. A little bit of a fun fact about this Machado move. Manny Machado took the field in a Los Angeles Dodgers uniform wearing the number eight. When asked by a reporter why he wore the number eight, he said, it said it symbolizes new beginnings and and displays his love and admiration for Kobe Bryant of the Los Angeles Lakers. He came to L.A., wore number eight, and then switched his number 24. What do you like about that, I guess? I like it. I think he is uh,
0: showing his respect to one of the great basketball players of our time and maybe in basketball history, one of the best. So I, I do like that. Um... It just shows respect, and that's something that I see really lacked in the game, in professional sports right now. In general, yeah. people just lack respect, and they they don't. They're out there for the money, and I can see it with some players. They just play for the contract, and they don't play, and they play for themselves. The players that play for their team, for the fans, and um, not for the accolades, but for. Pure entertainment and to be a role model for a, for the fans, those are the players I respect. And Machado, he's had some moments where he could be a little hot headed and kind of um, unpredictable at times. But this is a moment I wish it shows his uh, maturity and respect for a, a great professional sports player. So I do like it. In his debut, he went two for three with two walks. We had a very successful debut wearing number eight for the Dodgers. And then we're going into another move that um, that occurred. Adam Simber and Brad Hand, two relief pitchers for the Padres, they ended up going to the Indians in exchange for Francisco Mejia, the number one prospect, or who was the number one prospect in the Indian system, and the number 15th overall. Brad Hand has been an all-star for two straight seasons, and Adam Simber has had success this season putting up a very nice campaign How do you think, with a struggling bullpen, Andrew Miller's been hurt, Cody Allen has not been performing like they want him to, how much better do you think bringing in two nice relievers, two good pieces into the bullpen, to take less stress off, to take a lot of stress
1: off Miller and Allen? How much better do you think this makes the Indians? I think this makes the Indians a lot better team. I think the Indians know that one of the only reasons they're at the top of their... Division. I think I've talked about it. I think on almost every time we've brought up baseball, is that that division is the weakest in baseball. The second best team are the Minnesota Twins, and they're forty four and fifty one. So that really just shows the strength. So I think the Indians know that okay, maybe that we're winning this division now, but when we go into the playoffs, we're going to get bounced in the first round.
0: Absolutely, they have a nice starting rotation. Corey Kluber is at the top. He is having a great uh, 2018 campaign, and their offense is nice. Jose Ramirez actually hit his 30th home run, the first to do so this season. And so their offense is performing at a good level, and their pitching, their starting pitching has been good, but their bullpen has been absolutely horrible. And with this move, they're showing me that they're trying to make a run, and they're trying to uh, seal up the... um, the holes and the pores that they have in the system right now. So I, I do like that move for the Indians. And that does yeah. make them a lot better. Am I saying that makes them compete with the Red Sox? No. No, I'm not saying that. Nor the Yankees. I don't even think they can compete with – or the Astros. Point. Yeah. I
1: don't think they can compete with these teams at this point. I'm sorry to say, but – Like I have said, whoever – I think the AL East is the strongest division in baseball. You have the Yankees who are – Okay, whoever wins the AL East, the second-place the second team will be the first wild-card team. Now imagine the Indians, or someone, having to play, Let's say, I don't know how the bracket works, but let's just say they have to play the Yankees. Who do you think would win that series? It would be the Yankees, in my opinion. Let's just say the Yankees get second. I think they would win the series. So I think the Indians just now know, okay, you know what, we're playing well, but this is because our division's, I think, kind of bad. So we need to do something so we can compete in the postseason.
0: Absolutely. I think right now, the story is already told in, in the AL. You have the Red Sox that are five and a half games up. On the Yankees, and they're nine and one in their last ten games, so they're on a really hot streak. So I think they're gonna win the division. The Indians, really weak division, I think they'll win that eight and a half on the on the twins. And the Astros are five games mm-hmm. up on the Mariners. Mariners could leapfrog them, but I doubt it. The Astros are such a strong team, six and four in their last ten. Mariners are three and seven, so the Astros yeah. have a little more momentum. But it, it and the wild card's gonna be the Yankees and the Mariners. It's pretty much already a told tale, okay? Yeah. It might change slightly here and there, but I do think it's pretty much set in stone and I'm very
1: excited to see it. it's gonna be a very strong AL this season yeah. with the Red Sox. That's and why the Astros. they won the All Star game. And we're gonna talk about that. That's why they won the All Star game. Absolutely. The AL is them it's like in the NBA but into a lesser extreme. In the NBA, the West is the dominant conference. And so that who basically whichever team comes out of the West, which is usually the Warriors, is gonna win the title. It's kind of the same thing in the AL in a way. The AL is a much stronger division. That's why they won the All Star game. And kind of whoever comes out of the AL has the better chance of winning the World Series. And now, just going kind of just, we've we looked at the Indian side of it. Now, let's look at the
0: Padres side of it and how much better this makes them. They get Francisco Mejia, top prospect in the Indians division, and, excuse me, in the Indians organization, and the number 15th in the MLB baseball hmm. organization as a whole, number 15.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that that that's incredible. And They're bringing in this top prospect. I just kind of want to look at this stat. The two catchers right now for the Padres are A.J. Ellis, and he, this season, is actually having a decent year, all right? But his career batting average is only 239, which is not really good. I think this year he's batting two eighty four. He's doing a little bit better, yeah. but his career is a two thirty nine. And for being a veteran like he is, most hitters, by the end of the season, are usually at their around their average. They might have a great campaign, but that's not typical. And their other catcher is um, Austin Hedges, young catcher, good defensively, but his offense is struggling. He is hitting two oh five in his career. This might open the door for Mejia. mm mm-hmm. And he might be able to make a splash. This might be a good team for him to make his um, his mark on in MLB baseball. So, how much,
1: how long would you say would it take for him to um, break it, break into the major leagues for, with the Padres? I think it shouldn't take him too long. The Padres are a young team who don't really have a set in stone star. From what I believe, I think the Padres really haven't been good in a while. So I think maybe Mejia. I think he's going to be the center of attention there in. Um, in San Diego, and so I think it won't take him too long to break out there in San Diego. I think the Padres have a good future with him, and so I like this move quite a bit for both sides, for the Indians and the Padres.
0: I, I, I would have to agree. I think it's a great move, and the door is wide open for him to make his um, debut with the Padres rather sooner than later, in my opinion. And like Anch mentioned earlier, the AL did win the All-Star game 8-6 to on top of the NL once again, and this actually broke the tie. They're actually tied in wins ever, like over mm-hmm. the whole AL versus NL series, and the AL now broke it, and now they take the lead, in a game that consisted of 10 home runs, this is a record in the All-Star game, and in the Futures game, I think there were 8 home runs, which is another record, mm. and it is just incredible to see how many home runs are getting hit off amazing pitchers, and I'm just going to read you every player that hit a home run okay. in this game. It's incredible. They are all-stars, quality players, up and down the lineup. Mike Trout hit a home run. Alex Bregman, who's actually the MVP of the game, he hit a home run. Aaron Judge, George Springer, Gene Segura, all for the AL. Going to the NL, you Scooter Jeanette, who actually came in and hit a pinch-hit home run mm-hmm. to tie the game. Joey Vado. Christian Yelich, his swing was beautiful. I was watching that game try to drop in a curveball. He went opposite way with it and just smacked that ball over the left field's fence. A great piece of hitting by a young hitter. He, that was a great acquisition for the Brewers. I'm not going to get into that, but he is a great young star. Trevor Story and Wilson Contreras. And a little fun fact here about Wilson Contreras. Wilson Contreras hit a home run on the first pitch he saw in an All-Star game. This is his first All-Star game. First pitch. He also hit a first pitch home run of... He also had a home run on the first pitch in his career in the MLB. So in his first professional at bat, he hit a home run on the first pitch.
1: How um, incredible is, that, um, is the, that statistic? It's a funny coincidence, I feel like. It means he's he likes to swing, right? I mean, that just really shows that he swings at when he sees the littlest like bit of space, I guess, or the littlest like thing that, okay, I can hit this ball into play. He will take his shot at it and swing. So I think it's a funny coincidence, and it shows the type of player he is.
0: Absolutely, him and Javier Baez, both ha- both young players for the Cubs, both making um the All Star roster, and it was nice. It was really nice to see both of these young stars um have have a good game. So, um, so the ALI, like I said, takes the um the lead and wins. And another trading news. I kind of want to go back. This is just a rumor. Mm. The Mets are looking at trading their closer. Um, and they want to deal him really, really fast. The Mets, like we all know, you can see, just look at the, um, at the division. They are just not doing the best at all this year. After making the World Series, I believe two or three years back, they were in the yeah. World Series. They are 40-55 and 55 at the bottom of the division, and they are just not been performing at all. Juris Familia, um, they want to get a done deal. And right now the team that is looking at them and the team that is the betting favorite is the Athletics. How? What is the chance that you think that the Athletics will get a player of his
1: caliber being 55 and 43 mm-hmm. on the year? I mean, it just depends on who the Athletics are willing to give up. I think they're if they're willing to give up a couple pieces that the Mets need, like young prospects, I feel like then the Mets will do it. If maybe they... If the Athletics are thinking is this worth the trade? I don't know who the who is like kind of kind of involved in the trade that it might be done, but I think it's I feel like if the Athletics get him, it's a good trade cuz he's a quality player.
0: And they the Athletics have a history of making just really absurd trades. Josh Donaldson, Juan yeah. Soto, um I don't the GM there in in um in California with the Athletics, he just does a lot of unorthodox things um, uh, regarding trade. And, like, some of them don't even make sense. Like, I believe the Donaldson one was just about a quarrel. They just weren't really getting along. They're kind of butting yeah. heads. And then he trades them to, um, to Toronto. And he was an MVP candidate there with the Athletics. So I would like to see how this falls out. But I'm not – don't be 100% sure anything mm-hmm. will go as planned with this trade for Drew's um, Familia. Yeah. And so that's really all we have in baseball there. And just looking at it right now, we're in the heat of the season, and a lot of the pieces are going to start to fall as the trade deadline approaches. So I'll make sure I'll keep mm-hmm. you posted on all those. And Anch I believe, has a comment. Um,
1: so I just wanted to talk about this. I was reading this a couple of days ago. We're going to get our first kind of touch in NFL news. We all know about the anthem thing that's been happening for the last I feel like two years, all started by Colin Cop Ka- Colin Kaepernick and this whole thing. Donald Trump kind of weighed in on it. our president Donald Trump weighed on it weighed in on it last season. Now the NFL made its made it um, policy, but they are now revisiting it. And Donald Trump took to Twitter, like he always does, and said this The NFL national anthem debate is alive and well again. Can't believe it is. Isn't it in contract that players must stand at attention a hand on heart. The $40 million commissioner must now make a stand. First time kneeling out for game. Second time kneeling out for season slash no pay. Then, Eric Winston, NFL Player Association President shot back at President Trump saying, thanks for your thoughts, but we'll take it from here. I I really don't see why the president is kind of putting his nose into NFL business. I don't really like it. I think he needs to worry about running the country, which he's doing, I'd say, a decent job at, but I don't like it. Personally. Well, here's my
0: opinion. I am not a fan of the whole kneeling during during and before the game, mm-hmm. right? In my opinion, that shows a disrespect to the American flag and to the American soldier. These soldiers put their lives on the line every day to secure our rights and to secure our borders, and to secure American safety. Mm -hmm. These people are patriots, and these people are true heroes. These NFL players, who are getting paid way more than soldiers who put their lives on the line, they get paid millions to play a game. A game in which they are looked at to be role models and heroes. By young children, and by teens who aspire to be them one day. And by parents. Looking at these people... ...as athletic gods and heroes. What do they do? They use their platform... I I use this word a lot. They use their platform... ...to then show... ...their disrespect for what's going on... in, ...in their life and in the country... ...by disrespecting the flag... ...and disrespecting our anthem. It's sad to see. It is truly sad to see. I liked what they did with their rule. That they could kneel... ...in the locker room. They don't have to come out on the field... They, they can show their political opinion in the locker room without a fine. They could easily do that. There's no problem with that. But let me just say this. For knowing people who have died serving, and knowing friends and family, who have lost parents, brothers, sisters, who have fought in combat and have died for our country, it is sad to see that people have the right and that people have the gut to, t- to kneel while we we're trying to respect our veterans in this country? That is absolutely sad to me. And I, I, I don't see why it needs to be on a football field. I'm not watching football to watch politics. If I want to watch politics, I'll turn on Fox News or CNN. I'm not, I don't turn on NFL. And trust me, this is a horrible stint for the players. I have not watched a professional football game in a year. And I don't watch it because of the kneeling, because I don't support it. So good luck, players, because you're going to lose a lot of fans like myself.
1: I I personally don't have any problem with them kneeling. I think it's just a sign of showing protest. It is a right of them to show their protest. And the reason Kaepernick kneeled, he started this whole thing, in this whole kneeling saga. The reason he kneeled wasn't because he disagreed with our president or with any of our policies. The reason he kneeled, which I think is forgotten by many people, was to, for police brutality in America. I have no problem with these players kneeling. And I think the NFL, taking away their right to protest, they have no business taking away their right to protest, no matter how much money they make. They, are, they, they can express their political opinion in any way they'd like to. So can you, so can I. And that's what we're doing right now, in a way, if you think about it. And I personally don't like Donald Trump sticking his nose, or if, even if it was any president, sticking their noses into really something that isn't concerning them. I think he, they just need to worry about running our country instead of getting into this kind of, it's a sport. I understand what you're saying. I just want to
0: contradict um, a few points that you made. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to take away their right to protest. They can easily protest, but they can easily be fired. So that, that, that's exactly what happened to Colin Kaepernick. He was not brought back based on his actions. So they can protest. Like I said, they can protest in the locker room. No one's taking it away, but for people wanting to watch sports, no one wants to see this, and it, it, it's truthfully embarrassing. And also, going on with what our president says, this is now kids think it's appropriate. I've seen high school kids take a knee. High school kids, high school athletes are
1: kneeling at their games. They're I think they're seeing what protests. is happening. They are sh- showing protest. I think especially because I feel like our country is very racially divided in every way. I think that this creates more division. It is not it is not healing anything. It are, is not They are protesting and I have I have li- li- literally zero problem with it. I don't think the NFL should be doing anything. I think if people don't want to watch, that's 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 fine. I don't I don't think the players personally it doesn't really matter to them. I personally if I was on a football field, I would kneel cuz I just I agree with everything they're standing for in our country. I I would quit.
0: I would quit if I i think i think it's i i don't like it um and there's many things that are a given in this country
1: right there are things that life liberty and pursuit of happiness as stated in the constitution right
0: yes yeah. I'm, I'm not here to, that, that yeah. that's not <laughs> what i'm referring I to
1: i just want to say that but um
0: yeah they have life they have liberty and they can dang pursuit their dang happiness in the locker
1: room okay but that's just my that that's my point but And it's good to have different opinions. Okay? It is. This is beneficial. This is, I like this conversation that we're having. I think some people, they can't handle it. I Absolutely. Think certain people, they just can't handle it because they start screaming and yelling and getting mad. And I like this conversation. I brought this up because I know how much I know Ethan likes and I know I like it. I like just bringing up these kind of topics. I like debating these topics and I think it's great just to debate because like, it shows difference in opinion. I think it's great to have a difference in opinion. And I know people might not want to get all political, but right. I'm
0: not. I'm not trying to get political. No. I'm just trying to say my. This is just based on morality, in my opinion, and based on what I believe in yeah. um strongly. So I'm not trying to get po- in, into politics. No. I easily could. Yeah. But I'm. I'm not going to. But I just want to end it off on this. Just yeah. one word. We are seeing an epidemic this day in this day and age, in which people feel like they are getting discriminated against by. Frankly, anyone. Okay, I understand people can say police brutality. I understand people can say racism. These are all words that do not bind anything, but they push each other away. Okay, these protests, these blunt protests that 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 they're doing and taking a knee during a national anthem, is something that I understand what they're doing. I'm just not a fan of how they're executing it. If they don't like it, why don't they go to a police station? Maybe one of the police stations who have committed forms of police brutality and protest there. Well, I mean, why do they have to protest in front of millions of fans who are there to that's watch like them the play? Biggest
1: stage to protest. I feel like you're. I feel like the NFL is watched by millions of people around the world and across the United States. I feel like this is kind of the biggest stage, and athletes are able to use their kind of high-profile stage to state their opinion. I've seen many athletes do it. I'm not going to state specific names, but I think we can all think of a couple. But I really, I like Okay, so
0: during, let, let's, let's say, for example, like during Anderson Cooper's newscast, would you want him to teach you how to dribble a basketball? Would you want him to just say, hey, guys, I'm just going to spend 15 minutes teaching guys how to dribble
1: a basketball? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that. But Talk I mean, about politics, Anderson. That's why I'm watching you. But like... These players they it makes these players look one dimensional that all all their only mind is sports, and that they 're not smart. I think that it's great that athletes give their opinion, whether it be politically or whatever I love it i I love when athletes go out there and say this, and i don't think people should degrade these athletes on for stating their opinion they're more than just athletes they are people i've seen i've seen I mean, there there can be stupid comments athletes make. But there's athletes that make smart comments that make sense, I feel like, in personal so way. So if I
0: wanted to wear a Confederate shirt to school, could I do so?
1: No. Why? Because it's inflammatory.
0: Because and it it, can, it, it, it's white it supremacy. It is inflammatory. And it will anger and enrage people. You know what I'm saying? So if I'm not allowed to protest like I would like to... I'm not saying I'd ever do it. Mm-hmm. I'm a completely against the Confederate flag. Mm-hmm. This is just a, an example of something that is against the law. But some people do agree with it. Some people want to show it off and protest whatever they would like to. I don't agree with it. But they can do it. so. They can do it. It's in their right. So I, could, I, can, I can't wear a Confederate shirt. Because it's inflammatory. Kneeling can also be inflammatory to some people. And in my opinion... If you're not letting some people protest, why cannot you also? Then you should also allow other people to not protest over things that are
1: stupid like, as well. You said like for like the Confederate flag. It's just like what that flag represents. That flag represents. The what line. does our national anthem represent to you? Our national anthem represents what, like our country and what it stands for. But I feel like that maybe what our national anthem saying. These players saying that that our country isn't delivering that. And that they're protesting this, so I I feel like I feel like they have every right to. I feel like I love oh they like, have every right I love to. Them. I love how they do. it. I like how athletes are not being one dimensional people and just sticking to the basketball court. I just or the basketball court or the football field or whatever. I like how they're able to state their opinion, and they're. I mean they they take the criticism in whatever way, and I think if they have the right to dish, they have the right to receive criticism like they are getting. So I like it both ways personally. I feel like it's good for the world in a way. So I just want to clarify, Ansh and I do not support
0: any action such as Confederate flags or burning of the American flag. No. Ansh no. and I do not support that. That was just a clear example yeah. of which no. we are stating people who protest different things. Yeah. We obviously are people who believe in morality, and we are people who have high moral um, moral qualities, and we want people to live up to a very... To be a law-abiding American citizen in which people respect each other. People love each other. We want to unite each other. And things like these are just making it difficult. But we need to fight through these um, adversities Mm -hmm. and um, be be one with each other. So I think this is a very beneficial conversation. And I hope... I'm glad I brought it up. That people listening form their opinion on it yeah. and if you ever have an opinion please leave us a message Tell video us.
1: message we'd love, we'd love to respond to someone who either disagrees with me or disagrees with ethan trust me i love when we people love. disagree with me
0: because yeah. then it's just more constructive debate yeah. which is always beneficial to us and we would like to say thank you everyone i thought this was a very good episode yeah next one we'll try to get another special guest yeah on. this one sure. we kind of want to do it uh, uh just just with us too yeah. Make it kind of more
1: concise and focused,
0: yeah. but we'll try to have another guest on. Yes. Hopefully, someone different to spice it up a little bit. Yeah. But
1: I want to thank two more people who have been kind of advertising this podcast. A couple of my friends. I want to thank John and Anas who have been sharing this podcast with friends. I really appreciate them for doing this for me and for both of us. Really, yes, it absolutely. really means a lot when people listen. And I think I, this has been so fun for me through five episodes and. I can't wait for what the future holds in this podcast.
0: Absolutely. And I, I pride myself and we pride us on on three really important things. Mm-hmm. We, first off, we, we want to teach something. Yeah. We, we want to teach you something. Second off, we want to constructively debate and listen to each other's opinions. That's extremely important. We want to hear each other's opinions. We want to hear all opinions. Yeah. And thirdly and finally, we want to definitely unite people and be one with mm-hmm. each other and then bond over things like this like sports or our opinions or morals yeah. or stuff like that so I think it's very important we want to bond unite and learn and teach yeah. so we are definitely appreciative that everyone listens and please share it with your friends and everyone you would think that would like to listen or maybe not because you never know maybe someone will open a new light to it Yeah. Um, just looking at it summer is almost over guys yeah we are looking at uh, near the end of July, and, you know, I definitely want to keep wearing shorts for a little bit longer, but no, yeah. school's right around the corner, and speaking of school, we'll try to get, hopefully, some podcasts done gonna during probably, school.
1: What, what we're thinking, we don't know because it hasn't started, we're thinking probably once a week, yeah. instead of how we're doing kind of twice a week, I think once a week makes sense for both of us, considering that we might we might have a bit of a workload, but... We're gonna try pumping these out as much as possible because we love making them and we would hate to stop.
0: Exactly. You know I saw Nickelback yesterday, right, Ange? You saw Nickelback? Yeah, I was at the Nickelback concert yesterday. I was yeah. doing the the good old devil's horns up in the air. They were pumping those fists, and uh, yeah. it was a it was a great experience. And um, it was wonderful. It was. It was nice. It was good. I played all my favorite songs. Uh, jamming out there, so that that was a good time. So, and if. I want to definitely hear what um any plans that you got going on. So what what you doing?
1: I don't know. Um, not really doing much. I want to go to a concert, but I don't know if maybe the tickets might be too expensive or whatever. Yeah.
0: If If you're going to Drake, you can skip right past my contact. I I know, know.
1: but I'm I'm gonna probably try to go to a Drake concert, the one that's on August fourteenth and at Little Caesars Arena. Nice. I I want to go to that, but tickets probably gonna be a lot of money. But
0: yeah, you know. Yeah, it it's worth it, right? Yeah. I say if you want to do it, do it right. Yeah. Go have fun. So now, but no, thank you everyone. God bless you, and we'll see you on episode six.